Hello, come in, sit down, and welcome to episode 109. My tongue has swollen to the size of a full table ham. Mm. Try that one again. No, it's great. Okay. Hello and welcome to episode 119 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Grant Howitt, this is Chris Taylor, and you should come in, sit down, pull up a chair, and listen to roleplay. 118. 118? Not 119, 118. Episode 118, which is what I said. Mm-hmm. Hello. This is, going, this is going really well, that was already the second take. <laughs> Clean! Once through! Clean once through. We, Christopher and I, decided that seeing as it's so hot at the moment, it's sweltering, <laughs> boiling, record-breakingly hot in in the UK, that we are going to turn off our fans, uh, close our doors, and record this clean, crisp as mm. one take. Uh, and I already fucked it up. So that bodes well, doesn't it? It does rather. Did you want to do it, it again, or did you want to use the fuck up one? No, we're gonna use the fuck up one. I, I like the energy. Okay, you like it poppy, you like it snappy, like it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like it when I'm wrong. I like it. Um, I like the sort of it's uh, it's what's the word? Candid. Ooh, you know. Yeah. You know. But very gonzo. Candid photographs. Yes, yes. Some uh, some some artsy black and white, slightly out of focus uh, photographs of me covered in bed sheets, smoking a cigarette. Like the fire hazard you are. Mm-hmm. I'm so hot. We are going, as we've mentioned in many times, um, many times across the podcast, we're going to Gen Con because we're a bit excited about it. It's our first time. Slash terrified. Slash terrified, yes. Eagle-eared, vis- vis- eagle-eared listeners will note that this is late. This, this <laughs> podcast uh, is several this podcast is several days late. Christopher and I have been unwell. Christopher has, a, has, has had a dicky tummy. And a brain disease. And a brain disease. I'm just on the brain disease front myself, but between the pair of us, we couldn't we couldn't make the couldn't make the yucks happen. <laughs> we couldn't make the words come out in a better order than we are doing now. Yeah. So, so this is wow. This is, this is what you get. You uh, in terms of us going to Gen Con, um, we're going to record another episode on Friday and, and and put it out on Monday. So like hopefully next week should all be fine. A week after that, we are going to be abroad in foreign mm. in Indianapolis, uh, hot in a different country. And I'm going to be running many games, and Chris is going to be gallivanting around on some kind of Riviera, drinking mimosas. Yeah, I'm just going to be spritzing myself with fine champagnes and lying in, in the shade. Gallivanting with dukes and barons. It's going to be delightful. Having someone place uh, roulette chips. In my mouth. In, in, like, delicately in your mouth. I mean, they're peeled. Sorry? They're peeled, so... Mm, delicious. So, we're going to try and do some recordings from Gen Con. We're gonna we're gonna see what we can do now. I presume it's not a great audio quality because it's not a it's not a sound booth like like we record in in Hearty Dice Towers, mm. uh, and also because we're gonna be using our phones. But it should be fun. It it might end up being um, hotel room recaps mm. because I guess and I don't know. But when you get a lot of people in one place, they get loud. Yeah, but if you're interested in the real news from Gen Con. The straight not, dope. The straight dope. Not not what the mainstream media would tell you. <laughs> if you want to know how long I was able to follow Monty Cook before he realised. Each time. <laughs> <laughs> hiding behind him while he's on panels. <laughs> Shh. Just, 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 all, just occasionally just going up and just stroking his hair and just telling him to be quiet. Shh, shh, shh. Monty, Monty. Hiding inside a copy of Invisible Sun. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's not too far off now what what your 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 version of invisible sun yeah apparently it's being posted out after gen con i reckon you could cut a hole at a table and just poke your head through and have that as a fun reveal <laughs> hello I, invisible sun were me all along <laughs> it were all a complicated lie you open your mouth and thousands of cards pour out <laughs> and a hand 
So yes, thank you for your patience during this time, during this hot, hot time. Yeah, my eyeballs are floating a little bit. It's like that famous. Humidity. It's like that famous song, sung by Rob Thomas, and aptly scored by Carlos Santana. Carlos. Carlos. Man, it's a hot one. Like seven inches from the midday sun. That is dangerous. Right. I mean, if, if if anybody can take it, leather-skinned Carlos Santana can take it. <laughs> yeah, but little Rob Thomas. Oh, little dainty Thomas. Little Matchbox 20 over there. Yeah. Anyway, um, fuck. Chris? So, essentially, like, look, make... I'll, do, I'll do a quick recap for you, right? Right. We're very sorry this is late. It's going to be a bit weird over the next couple of weeks because of Gen Con. Also, yeah. my balls are warm. There we go. I've summed up the intro. Yeah, warmer than usual. Yeah, well, obviously for giving values of warm. Um, but we now segue into questions. Yes. Let's shoot this horse. <laughs> Let's murder this livestock. Satio uh, Elf asks, how important is hiding the GM roles from the players? Does it really add anything to the experience? I only hide a role when I want to lie from the players. <laughs> do you not? So do, do, do you normally obvious. do it like in this really like bombastic throwing the dice in the middle of the table way, and then the next time you go, uh, just roll it just behind your hands. Just no, no, nothing's happening. It's fine. Click, click. It's, it's like a fucking anime. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh playing a card, whatever his name was. I'll grab, I'll grab my D10 and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it. I'll, I'll get like the god speed behind me. Dun 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 dun. dun. And all the players will go like, ah, he rolled an eight, and it stayed on the table. Yeah. Like if I if say like like I'm rolling for something and I'm like oh I don't want I don't want the girls to spot the players that sounds really boring I'll put my hand in front of I'll I'll put my hand in in front of the dice roll it and then just lie and it must be so obvious now so obvious Grant so obvious to my players when like when I put my hand up dice don't matter <laughs> this is Grant time it's often in a system that, often in a system that I've written yeah. Um, and I'm like, no, no, even, even the system I wrote myself for my own game isn't doing the job. <laughs> isn't giving me, Grant Howard, enough control. How about you? I I generally don't hide the rules from the players, but I don't make it, I've never made it a big thing of, I got a seven. Mm. Like, I just roll them, like, as if I was a player and just read out the things. How do you feel about screens? GM screens? I really like screens. Mm. Preferably the the landscape ones rather than the portrait ones, as they're yeah. a bit lower. Mm-hmm. But also, like it, having a GM screen immediately makes me look more prepared mm-hmm. because they don't know I haven't got notes behind there. It's the uh, it's the role playing equivalent of putting on a waistcoat. Exactly. Don't you suddenly, you suddenly look don't like you do the tie properly. But also, you suddenly look forty percent more like more like you should be there in the first place. Precisely. Um, and it can have all sorts of you know useful tables and stuff on it. Or just blue-tacked pictures of kittens. I think it'd be nice to have a picture of yourself looking stern in front of your GM screen on your GM screen. Double up the faces. That, that's well, always like, like have, it, have it go down to infinity. Oh, I see. Or just like I don't know, six. <laughs> yeah, six. Let's go with six. That seems like a safer number. It's easier than infinity. It, it certainly is. Yes, but I, I don't like <clears throat> hiding roles from the players. No, um, and. In a lot of games, again, ours included, there's things like, oh, you shouldn't tell the players their hit points. Ah, give over, just tell them. It, it it depends. Depends on the setting, depends on the thing. And I think that if you're like a, like a one-shot horror game, it's super cool to just sort of describe what's going on and, and, and say how hurt people are. But, yeah, I think that at, at the end of the day, giving players more information makes for a better game, more often than not. Yeah, I think like my problem with hiding hit points <clears throat> is that I quite often don't describe it correctly. Yeah. In that, I think they understood exactly what I meant, mm-hmm. and they haven't quite. Mm. And when the, when they haven't quite understood you on a one to ten scale, <laughs> that's actually quite a large proportion there. Um, so you occasionally you get people going, "I thought I was basically okay." Like, no, did you not hear that hard description? Oh yeah, I heard it. Yeah. I thought that meant I was fine. Oh, it, no, you, you, if you stood up, you died. It's because it's such because it's such such a woolly thing. It's a woolly thing that you're then leaving open to interpretation on the other yeah. end as well. And so and so we, we have this codification. We have this sort of, cool, okay, I am X percent hurt. I have taken D6 hit points of damage. Mm. Quite, like, what that means in fiction doesn't matter. I know that I have 
I have this many hit points remaining while I'm still active, and I can I can make informed decisions in there. But that's like hit points are very separate from game from from fiction. Yeah. In that way, but this is <clears throat> this is about rolling. This is about hiding. This is about hiding information from your players, and yeah, it's um. I think I think you have to go all one way or all the other. And yeah. I, I think that I think there's there's a certain level of charm in having the DM roll for the players and having the DM sort of craft the world and steer them through and be the storyteller sort of I, way. I kind of like to be more more completely open. Yes. Uh, in that it gives it, it makes everybody around the table an equal. We're all in this. Together. Rather than I have a load of information you don't. Yeah. Um, you best guess. I think I think it's all it's it's always apparent when like the players will ask me a question. I'll be like, "What do you think? Yeah, what do you reckon is? What do you reckon?" I don't know. And I think I think there must be like, especially if you're running like a a difficult sort of dungeon exploring game. Like, mm, there's a mystery here. I wonder what the riddle is. It must always be quite disheartening to have basically God go. Oh no! Just just don't run like murder mysteries. <laughs> Like where there is a way to solve it, and you just haven't worked it out yet. So I don't know. What, what do you think would be the best clue? Well, I don't know. The murderer still here. Well, what a coincidence! Hello, I was behind the, the curtain. Ah, solved. I was having an unrelated wank. <laughs> What's going on? I found some jazz mags in the cupboard. <laughs> found some moody grot in the cupboard. <laughs> I have a question for you, Christopher. Oh, what is it? Some participation writes in. I'm going to put my best voice for this. <clears throat> what are the best sexy RPGs to play in the bedroom? Dread. Mm, or that version of Dread with kissing. Nope. Just normal Dread. There's one problem with Dread. You need a hard surface to play it on. That's why it's so ex- exciting. It's not... I- it's an uneven play surface. It won't even... Like, you'd have to get a tray, which I think is the least sexy thing. <laughs> If there is a tray in my bedroom, that is a breakfast in bed time. That is not mm-hmm. a sex time. What if the only flat surface you've got is the back of a book about knobbing? What if the only flat surface you've got <laughs> is your lover's back? Then they need to see a doctor? Because if it's perfectly flat, then that is a worry. Yeah, that's some sort of inverse scoliosis. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Oh, she's got table back. <laughs> <laughs> Mysteric, come quick! Us horses got table back. Shoot it! <laughs> All those children <laughs> are just sitting cross-legged on top. I'm trying to think of any RPGs that are actually sexy. Well, there's like, like no, there's a lot that deal with relationships, mm. and a lot to deal with relationships and fighting and sex. Will they? Won't they? Fuck! And like yeah. that's, that, that's I think that, that Ron Edwards slay with me. Which I which I presume is sexy, but having really read one, having read Ron Edwards' work, the idea of the idea of me getting off to something that he's written makes me feel uncomfortable. Cosmically wrong. He he seems like such an unreasonable man. I don't <laughs> I don't want him to turn me on. No, that's very fair. But like, there's got to be a sexy game out there, right? I think that it comes down to the GM because you could have the sexiest fucking game available, and if you and I are sitting in the bedroom. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Quick, roll on me back. No, no, don't stop. Don't. I just, I feel that it's like, you could you could have a game of Dungeons and Dragons and it could be sexy if you fancy the person you're playing it with. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. But what is a good game to sort of have, to have some sexy time to? Dread. Dread, yes. Well, because of the tension and because it's phallic. I'm just, just pushing blocks out with my dick. Oh, I see. That's literally my sexiest move. <laughs> it's it's building the tower that really impresses them. Yeah, that's not sexy, but it is like there's clapping, flipping it back on top. Um, clap. Oh, well, they applaud, not like yeah. you can somehow clap as well. No, I, I mean I can. My hands are free. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've not got a lot of moves, honestly. Listen, dude, I love you. That's a really unpleasant image. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how you grasp it, and there's no fun answer. <laughs> no, that is very true. I can't. I can't think of a of an inherently sexy RPG. Like one that is designed to be sexy and pulls it off. I guess I've never gotten to a point like I've 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 done some role playing things and I'm like, oh this is a bit sexy, isn't it? 
this is a bit nice. But it's never, like, systemically, it's never mechanically pushed yeah, in that like, way. Yeah, if you look at things like Monster Hearts, that's yeah. not actually that sexy. It's meant to be fumbling and experimental and... Yeah. Like, it, not slick. No, and it really does that very well. Exactly. Like, when, when I think of something being sexy, I think of something like, like film noir films. Mm. You know, that sort of Lauren Bacall era... Demobbed soldiers. Yeah. Corruption. Well, not Venetian blinds. Cor- c- corruption. God damn, that gets me hot. <laughs> really stark lighting. Oh, is that embezzlement? But that, you know what I mean? That kind of overproduced... Getting beaten up to find things out. Yes, kind of I know overproduced what you mean. film. That's slick. Yeah. And trying to get that into an old... Trying to get film noir into a role-playing game so it sticks is hard. Mm. Let alone trying to get actual sexy... My recommendation is Honey Heist. Right. It's quick, it's easy, and it's free. <laughs> get it over with and get to the good stuff. You can download it for free, or, or, or pay what you want. You get to be a bear. There's something liberating and animalistic about, about being a sexy bear. Okay. Um, you can have a sexy hat. You can have a sexy hat. And I think, I think like, you'll know, in every game of Honey Heist I've run, someone gets married. Or is married. Or is married, or gets divorced, or rem- there's always love involved yeah. at some point. So I think I think that um, I think that playing a bear will give you the opportunity to relax into oh. a. Um, I think there's also um, how we are like the storm. I've never heard of that. Um, which is, I believe, it's a game where you draw tattoos on each other to to determine your uh, your relationship and how it, and how it it, it grew. You draw tattoos on each other's forearms, and you um, and it's it's how you are like a storm, and how I, you break up or stay together. And I think drawing on another person could be very erotic. I'm I'm sure, Grant. But also, I've been a 14 year old boy, and I've drawn on people, and it's always been a dick. What's 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 more erotic than a dick? I, 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 my point is that if you draw it in permanent marker over the entirety of their forearm, that's not a sexy move. It does help if you're good at drawing. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, just do it in pencil and rub it out if it doesn't work. Oh, that works. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Ask me a question. Uh, Val Damien asks, well, says, trying to get over RPG burnout. Mm. I assume that we're reframing this as, how do I get over RPG burnout? It's a tricky biscuit. It happens to me, I'm going to say, um, roughly every time my players cancel a game. <laughs> can we can we just rewind this a little bit? Can you explain to me what RPG Burnout actually is? Okay, so RPG Burnout is when you are just not enthused about it at the, at the current time. So one of the things about RPGs is you need to care. especially You've got, you've got to give a shit, right? Like, as a player, less so. You can turn up. It's more of a passive role. The GM is asking you questions and you can react. So you don't need to do anything as a player. But as a yeah. GM, generally you're in charge of the thing. You need to learn the rules. You need to buy the books. You have a you have a more responsible, authoritative role. And that can be quite draining. Um, yeah, especially sure. seeing as you're supposed to be doing it as a fun time thing for nice. And it can be a bit like, it can be a bit, oh, you know what, I've been running this for ages. I'm, like, the story isn't, I'm not really fascinated with the story. I'm struggling to make things work. The players aren't super excited. You just need to break. I need a break. I need, I need something different. And that is RPG burnout. Gotcha. When you don't want to play anymore. Okay. Because, like, there's a degree of that that happens every time I'm about to start a role-playing game. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, especially once the players have arrived. Yes. Yeah, we're looking at the the, the 15 minutes or so of allotted free time, as it were. Yeah, yeah. And before the hour or two of unallotted free time. You've got... Before the game got, starts. Yes, yes. Uh, you've, like, you're eating dinner, you've maybe had a glass of wine, and you're like, mm. oh, I like these people. Why oh, can't I just to, hang out with people? We're going to ruin this by making you rulesy. And, like, it's it's generally pretty fun when you do it, but wouldn't it be nice just to talk to people sometimes? But the thing is, it is also nice to do play the game. Yeah. And, like, one of those is a lot easier than the other. So I completely oh, understand this RPG Batman thing. Mm. Um, but also, I really like playing role-playing games, mm. it turns out. Yeah, convenient, that. Yeah, it is a bit. Um... But like sitting down with people you know with uh, either 
in the terms of role-playing games like a, a shared story mm-hmm. or in board games a shared purpose mm. and everybody's bringing their personality traits and, and their skills to that game yeah, is kind of weirdly like an amplified com- standard conversation. Yeah, for sure. Like you're, you're, you're creating something unique. But it's not just that, but like everybody is more them. Yes, I suppose so. Do you you're know what given, I'm, I'm trying? I'm trying. I think the opportunity to, to to wear a mask to have a to have a character you couldn't have it lets you mm, put exactly, more of yourself yeah. out there, and, and 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 means that you're not quite so worried about coming across correctly. Yeah, like I mean, especially like traits like competitiveness mm. in board games they come to the fore, and I really like seeing that side of people I know when that doesn't get out very often. I really like so one of my favorite things about about role playing with you is your I'm gonna I'm gonna it's an intoxicating disregard for um what's the word continuity okay a a a deliciousness for like no this is no this is the most fun thing to happen this is happening now <laughs> running rough running roughshod all the, all over everything and like also most of the people like I play with like they're used to, like t- like especially like when what when I'm GMing, it's like, okay, Grant's in charge, and then we're deferring to Grant, and we have that, and that's okay. And then you're like, no. No gods, no masters. <laughs> no gods, no masters. I fuck the trumpet. <laughs> it's trumpet fucking time, boy. It's trumpet. And it sounds... Great. Yes. That's why I came. <laughs> in the trumpet. Um, nice. So yeah, um, I mean, it seems like our advice here is is to just play, but it is quite a common thing. You just just don't get burnout, lol. Yeah, yeah. Just try liking it more. Maybe well, you don't like it right. Yeah. I think that um, talking to your players and saying, "Hey, um, have you got any ideas why this game could go? Is there anything you want to do?" A lot of people advise taking a break. Don't don't take a break. Never take a break. Never stop. Never take a break. Uh, like okay, stop entirely, and be like, "Hey, this campaign isn't working for me." Let's let's wrap it up. It's been lovely. I'll see you. I'll see you all again at some other point. But right now, this isn't working for me. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Um, but don't be like, hey, we're just going to try playing some other one shots for a while. Uh-uh. Incorrect answer. That's why it took me a year and a half to break up with my first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we tried some other one shots for a while. As if you know what I mean. <laughs> Completely unsuccessful. I went on one date with another girl. We looked at a horse and it bit me. Yeah, that that actually happened. wasn't even a date. It was just a walk. It was a, it was a long walk to some horses. It's a long walk to some horses, and then I I get a story about how a horse bit you at the at the end of it. I fucking hate horses, <laughs> and now we know why. Oh, touch the horse, Grant. No. Anyway, <laughs> point is, don't do that. Don't don't go touching horses with other girls. Don't do it. If you are, if you're, like, oh, maybe we could take a break or whatever. We could do that. It's not. It's like in relationships and in role playing games, which are basically the same thing. Don't fuck about. Don't do if it. it. If it's not working, just leave it. They'll, like you can still be friends afterwards. It's, it's much better than like. It's much better to have the capacity to say, you know what, I'm not feeling this, and walk away and have it end on a high note. Or like, hey, we're going to end the campaign. Yeah, just blow everything up. I want to bring this to a close, and and the, and it's always like the last session of a campaign is awesome. It's so good, and like people forget that they can literally self-destruct campaigns, and that be a good thing. Mm-hmm. If if you if you're going to a D and D game and it's dragging, and it's dragging for everybody, Don't like you just just not the last, the, you're not you're not the odd person out here. Mm-hmm. Detonate that campaign. Mm. Like you can quite easily have dragons come, you fight them and lose. Okay, cool. Next campaign. Yeah, Let's try a different cool. type of story. Yeah, let's just try Not a different, a different game story. Let's try a but different this, type of story. This, this, this has happened, and I think that like the majority, like the the, the natural endpoint for a D and D campaign is everyone forgets to show up. Yes, and it's just it's it's heartbreaking. So yes, yeah. The net, well, the, na- the natural end of, of any D and D campaign is everybody hits thirty two. Um, that seems. To oh be... right, so I thought you meant level thirty two. No. You know, the age of th- yes, everyone just stops. Yeah, because they because they because they whelp. <laughs> They, f- they fucking. <laughs> they got pop. old. Something budded off of them and made them weak. Ugh. It's shitting everywhere, and now, and now they have to wear weird, unfashionable clothes with sick on them and go to sleep. Ugh. Ugh. Have some wine. God damn it! Oh, fun. Drink. Um, I mean, give me a question. 
Oh, one more. I give you the I give you the burnout question. I demand you well, give yeah. me a question. Oh, really? No. Okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'll give you one. Um, Charlie X writes in. My brother hasn't played an RPG for 15 years since the D20 system era, and I'm adding him to a friend's 5e game soon. What lie should I tell him about the fast the past 15 years of RPGs? Oh, I want you to overstress how important D20 modern was. Yeah. I want you to really yeah. push D20 Modern as the, the primary game <laughs> of the last decade. Mention how how you can see its huge influences in Dungeons & Dragons 5e. For example, the way that it uses a D20. Mm. Mm. And, and Re- put that all down to D20 Modern. Keep, keep referring to the Bard and Sorcerer as charismatic heroes and refuse to explain yourself. <laughs> Just and, and and as you raise your Glock, sorry, wand of lightning. Sorry, got that uh, wrong. Uh, the, uh, these old uh, these old habits die hard. Oh man, uh, I think I think what you should do is claim that the D twelve is new. Mm. They came up with a new shape, and when and when your 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 brother goes, but I've used these before. Just go. Well, it must have been a similar shape. I mean, this this only came out like four years ago. Oh no, you're thinking of D tens, mate. Don't worry, it's simple enough. Yeah. It's, it's just it's that, but, two, mistakes, but yeah. two more. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll get the hang of it. Is this just how do we gaslight Charlie's brother? <laughs> yes, very much so. Okay. Um, every time he mentions a an iconic monster from Dungeons and Dragons, pretend you've never heard of it before. Oh, and then yell at him to fix your shower. <laughs> and then... And if Man, he fixes, that's a callback. If he fixes Man, your sh- that's a big callback. If he fixes your shower, great. But if he doesn't, then you know what? Just say it's a five-year-old D&D meme. That's... Like that stupid gazebo. That is... That... <clears throat> that's a callback to an earlier question by Charlie X from our own show that I'd forgotten. <laughs> I, wor- I worry that our listeners might have forgotten if I I'd think Charlie it. might have forgotten it. <laughs> Yeah, Charlie, who's he's, he's been he's been doing sink baths. He's been doing gentlemen's refreshers in the sink <laughs> for the last three months. I do hope they got fixed. I I just quite like the idea that that like he'll he'll mention like oh there, there's an owl bear down here a what bear <laughs> an owl what oh like oh like like a, a gelatinous cube what like a stock cube what do you mean I don't understand. <laughs> Fuck! Would you have a little shot in it? What the fuck is that? It's just this cave looks like it might hold a dragon. A what? What? The, the oh, game you mean literally called Dungeons and Dragons? How do you know what the dragon is? That's Dungeons and Dragons. No, that's that's that's, 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 that's an armed wyvern. That's just that's just the name of the game. It's not a thing. Yeah. Do you think there's such a thing as a Buick? It's like it's like red markets. There's no. It's not actually a red market they go to, is it? Exists. It's not real. Weirdo. This it's is a real. game. Um, tell him hit points have changed. Yep. Uh, it refused to elaborate. <laughs> uh, but um, but when when he when he tries to roll his hit points, say, "Oh no, it's it's different now. Don't worry. We'll um, we'll sort it out in a bit." And then never let him roll his hit points. Yep. Um, also, like, refer, oh, to, them, we'll, we'll refer to them only as health points. Insist he uses Thaco. Because oh. um, if the last time he 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 played. D and D. He had to. He had to consult a table every time he rolled a fucking D twenty to hit armor class zero. Uh, he doesn't know any different. Mm. So um, tell everyone else. Uh, tell them that everyone else has memorized it. Uh, tell them that story games have been outlawed because it made everyone too sad. Yeah. Tell them that James Wallace, the the uh, self proclaimed <laughs> inventor of story games in 1998, has been summarily executed. And the current James Wallace is a complex body double. He tried for his crimes. Mm. Had to make that personal, didn't we? <laughs> I, I, just, I, I don't think he did invent story games in 1998, you know? <laughs> I'm not sure he did. So, hang on. Well, what lies should I tell him about the last 15 years of RPGs? I don't know. Um, the Diana Jones Awards went to somebody who deserved it? Ooh. <laughs> The concept of actual plays. I I'm looking forward to um to to when the Diana Jones Awards uh, gives one page RPGs a um an award and I can I can 
I can wait for John Harper, the grandfather of One Page RPGs, to come up to the bathroom, hit him hard on the back of the leg. Yep. And then Grant Howard, the weekend dad of One Page <laughs> RPGs, arrives. Sorry, that, that, that year will bring steel batons with us. Mm-hmm. Just to uh, make sure you get that award. It's America. I'm allowed. That's true, mate. You can have a gun. Yeah. I assume. I don't know how the law, I don't know how law works in any I, way, I, I shape, think, form, I think you have to country. carry at least two guns, otherwise you're an American. I think that's the further south you go. Did you ever want a game to exist? But not enough to make it yourself. Grant and Chris make games. We have now entered stage two of the podcast. In this section of the podcast, we make the games. The exterior fuel tanks have dropped away. They're They're fuel consumed. We've breached the stratosphere. And we're here into the pure, glistening horizon of potential where we make theoretical games. Without any real rules and mainly a guess at how they play. Yeah. the <laughs> Basically, the fun part of our jobs. Yeah. We, we do a reckon live on air. Silent Pete writes in, Charlotte Church's late night pop dungeon. I... Hmm. So I don't... I don't know. I don't know what to say to this because this this crosses over a lot of interests for me. Okay. Um, late nights, pop, dungeons. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. How, how do you feel about Charlotte Church? Because she's very much the uh, you know the. I I am alarmingly pro Charlotte Church. She does look like fun. She looks like excellent fun. She like she looks like she'd have she looks like she'd have a slice of cake with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And she's a cheery soul. Yeah, and, rec- o- and oscillates between. If you if you see pictures of her now, she oscillates between someone's mum, which she is, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and a, a sort of party angel. Yeah, but like the grotty end of parties, and I heartily definitely, respect that. Definitely the same pant thing as Kesha. Mm-hmm. Not quite, not quite the raw Kesha force, but it's the sort of parties where like. There's fag ash on the skirting board. 100%. Pissing glitter. Yeah, you know, like, it's not... Mm. It's not like, oh, won't you have another champagne in this beautiful club? No. It's like, you know, the bottom of a of a Southend pub. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Charlotte Church's Late Night Pop Dungeon is an actual thing. It's a gig that she runs. She has mm. a band, and she plays... Uh, she does covers of songs that she likes... Uh, which she's, is she's got the money to create her own karaoke sex dungeon, and I'm pretty much, so yeah. down with that. Yeah, I don't know whether it's a sex dungeon. Oh, come on. Um, yeah, uh, but I love the idea of being trapped in a late night pop dungeon. I think there's. I've been fascinated for many, many moons ever since I first saw. I think it was Hard Boiled. Right. Was it Hard Boiled? I forget. But there's uh, there was uh, a a gunfight in a nightclub. Mm-hmm. I saw when, and you know how like people say that, like, oh, like when you're when you're, you're like six years old and you're crawling around under the table, and like maybe maybe your parents are having a dinner party, and the woman from two doors down, she's got like she's got like knee height, she's got like, ankle, ankle boots on, and then that's that's the first spark of your of your sexual awakening, mm-hmm. and and you're like, oh, and that's why I find ankle boots attractive. It was like that, but they played dance music and had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, oh, I see. This is the coolest thing imaginable. Oh, I, I see. I'm sexually, I'm sexually attractive to shootouts in nightclubs. A little bit, like a little bit, yeah. And so, and so, I thought that was very cool. I thought, that, I mean, I, I believe the very first game I ran for you had a shootout in a nightclub. It did. It did. We were already into your magical realm even then. Yeah. Okay. Not a sex thing. I just think it's cool. I want to stress that mm-hmm. the boner was unrelated. Oh. Okay. Good. Yeah, I had um, a sexy uh, drawing on the back of my hand. <laughs> you couldn't have seen it. I was thinking about a gif I saw earlier that week. <laughs> well, it was the two thousands. I think that there's uh, and also like the so I think fight, fights in nightclubs are really cool because like you've got that really cool soundtrack. It's like the the uh, like the look of the thing is good. You've got like that sharp strobe light. You've got like everyone's dressed weird. The, it's all the energy is already up, and I really like that. 
Um, plus, it's so loud you can you can have like a, you can have a silent gunfight and no one would really notice. Well, that's that's one of the things I really like about especially nightclub fights is that mm. in quite a lot of films you see them replacing the the audio track with just the music, mm-hmm. so that you can't you like you can see the gunshots. Yeah, but you can't hear them at all. You can't hear mm-hmm. anything but music, and I really like that aesthetic. I will also say that one thing I'm really into is when I uh, say really into one thing I've experienced is when you go into a club you don't quite recognise, and maybe you're the wrong side of some narcotics, and you you get lost <laughs> in the like like you can't you can't really get lost in a pub unless it's a very big pub. Depends how far the other side of the narcotics you are. True, but generally you've got like bathrooms, main area, a room where people shout at you because they because they hide it privately, that sort of thing. You know, a room where people shout at you because they technically live there. Yeah, yeah, a, a room where people shout at you because you you turn up on the train. You know, mm. and in a nightclub they might be around. Fuck, fuck you, uh, you. I, I know you've never been clubbing, Chris, but I know you helped us run that LARP in Electro Works in London. Yes, in the 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 Goth Fetish Club. Yeah, which is a Warren. Mm. And that, but like they'll intentionally make all the rooms look look strange, and like some some of them you can go to, and some some of them you can't, and some of them are having a weird photo session with yeah. a woman tied to a cage. There is one point- question I'd like to quickly just ask you about nightclubs. Yes. Um, so they're designed to look a certain way, uh, to be acoustically sound. All of these very interesting things. There's yes. a lot of thought put into them, especially into theming. Um, mm-hmm. Like that, the electric works as we talked about is multiple floors, so slightly different music on each floor. Yeah. Um, given all of this thought that's been put into it, why mm-hmm. the fuck do they not have hand dryers and just have one towel in the bathrooms? <laughs> <laughs> the actual hell! I'm not touching that. It's so much cum on that towel. It's gross. Like it's it's wet when they open. Like I'm not touching it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not letting my wife inside the same room as that towel. She could conceive. Exactly. It, ugh. Yeah. And like you see um, people dropping it and then just putting it back on the thing. Like, first I, off, I will, why did you take it off the thing in the first place? Why are you touching it? <laughs> it's not for drying. I will say, Electroworks is especially grotty. Um, sure. Most, most clubs, at least ones I've been to, uh, will have a big stack of um, blue paper towels you can dry your hands on. Oh, that's good. And a bathroom attendant to... Stare at your balls. I don't know what he's there for, because he's sure as hell not there to stop you taking drugs. He's, he's, there, he's there for the census, mate. Oh, I see. Yes, very he's, good. All he's doing is, is measuring balls. Mm. Oh, good eye. <laughs> just, just, like, 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 just, just eyeballing, just scoping it through there. Yeah, the... but he's, like, he's, he's, he's never more than two mil off, so... Mm. E- excellent balls, sir. Well, thank you. I'll give you a pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get lost quite easily, and yep. there's an element of the dungeon to it, and I think there could be something fun about the idea of a uh, you go out clubbing, and then as you get more and more sort of immersed in it, you go into a dungeon, and Charlotte Church is there. <laughs> okay. This has just been me talking about clubbing for a while. Christopher, give me a game suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will. Tiberian pun suggests Grotodamerung. A cop, a po- apocalypse porn. So, of course, I know what what Gotadamarung means, but for our listeners who uh, who don't, and, uh, and and me, why don't you explain what it is? So, Gotadamarung is the mistranslation of Ragnarok into German. Ah, okay. So, essentially, it's the it's the end of the world, right? But Gotadamarung is the eschaton event via you know a mucky magazine. Is that so? Is that what caused it? I like to think that, like, you know how in especially British post-apocalyptic stuff, there's always mm-hmm. newspapers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just in the breeze, like, shredded newspapers. It's yes. that, but it's razzle. Mmm. Mmm. Like, there's no written word now that isn't mucky. <laughs> They've... <laughs> it's all the posters have changed. We've had stops. to patch together. A working language from just the words in readers' wives. Yeah, it's literally you. You've got the vocabulary of a jazz mag mm-hmm. to rebuild language. Mm. That's 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 been quite interesting. And in that I think um, dialect is, is is the game of that. Yes, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about dialect. I backed it. It won a lot of awards, and I've been too scared to read it. 
Yeah, the only thing I know about it is they didn't want to just write the name in a straight line on the cover. They wanted to have a wobbly dialect. It goes dialect on the cover. And I don't know why. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe they wanted to write it really big. Maybe. Mm. Maybe they did. I really like the idea of reforming a language around things. And but like a specific a... thing. Yeah, or like or like like the idea of post apocalyptic cargo cult mm. cargo culture. Where like this thing was important. Like one of the um the Mission Web show, I've always really enjoyed their uh, their game show set after the apocalypse. Because they like I think like they refer to Tesco as a religious organization. Yes. Well they don't they don't know they're guessing. Yeah. And I think that's really fun to play with and say, oh, these things are important. Like I was working on for, on for a while a, uh, a a UK post-apocalyptic game where the, where the major factions were the different newspapers that everyone read before the fall. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something to be had about like, um, oh, that car is a swollen dick. <laughs> to say that car is very big or that car that car is very fast. Yeah, definitely a game to play amongst friends, though. I think. Yeah, I'm. So it's so it's basically Mad Max, mm-hmm. except everything is because um, I, I thought oh it'd be fun we'll, we'll play it in the space for a little bit I'll see if I can come up with I don't think I want to I don't think I want to put that on the podcast no like no, that's, because, that's a difficult line we walk isn't it really like, I, I'm fine with innuendo I'm fine with like calling them juicy wobblers or something but that's not how they refer to them in porn mags well maybe may, maybe we're looking at this on the wrong way around mm-hmm. maybe what it is is just like you know like a a low quality pornographic magazine, mm-hmm. but you open it and it's just like a flick book of the Tunguska event <laughs> and like a full page spread of all the trees that fell. Um, is, it, is it recreated with the actresses? And so it looks like a perfectly normal jazz mag, but you flick through at speed and you can see actually that semen is yeah. a reference to the meteor. Yeah, exactly. Air bursting about 100 feet above Tunguska, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the seventies style pubic hair flattened like trees for miles around. Well, that's more of a Bermuda Triangle problem. Ah, right. Okay. Um, but yeah, they essentially what what you got is you got for being for being for times, but milky. I really like the idea that the apocalypse will be foretold <laughs> in porn. In like, but in like National Enquirer level. Yeah. Like the sort of people who report that, that Elvis is back. Yeah. If they that made that... porn. <laughs> Watch their black and white pictures. <laughs> yeah. Watch their black and white pictures. What we reckon is either a bum or a bomb. I... <laughs> it says B on the front. <laughs> the scriptures are unclear. <laughs> Try again later. Fans writes in, Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares, but literally. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's kitchen night terrors. Oh, that poor boy. Gordon Ramsay wakes up underneath a prep station, <laughs> soaked in sweat. <laughs> With a sous chef sitting on his chest. Gordon Ramsay, but Delia Smith is crouched on his chest and he can't breathe. <laughs> he's just like, he's currently hiding in the pan's cupboard. Right, and you can you can hear the shakes not not from not from his laboured breathing, but from the pans just gently rattling, and he yeah. knows he can't hide here because she can hear him. And then out outside, um, Delia Smith, like in in that sort of I'm sorry, John Garfield sort of way, like this, like the the, the nightmarish, only barely viewed. So like like you get a lot of first person handicam shake through through Gordon's uh, point of view as Delia Smith is just. <laughs> It's just an egg, a whisk, and a Norwich City football t-shirt. Scarf, yes. And then, and then, like he bravely batters Delia to death and flees, um, and until he gets to the door, at which point there's just Nigella staring through the gap, doing Nigella. that bit from Jurassic Park, but with with Velociraptors, but with uh, Nigella. Uh, Nigella, a full thirty foot tall, bent down. So that you can fit inside this, the complex, yes. Yeah, yeah, with with, with one giant eye. Mm-hmm. So it's it's amnesia, the dark descent. Yes, but with famous celebrity TV chefs. Because like there was there was a um, I think they they, they made a, a, a Gordon Ramsay Hell's Kitchen game for the Wii. Yes, they did. Uh, which is basically it's one of those one of those games that you can play on on your phone, and you have to make food at the right time. I think there's actually a range of Gordon Ramsay video games now. Like it's not it's not small. 
I don't think, and it's 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 like the phones, but occasionally he'll be like he'll be like, oh, that's terrible, or I love it, that sort of thing. Just as good as Ramsey. <laughs> Better than Ramsey. <laughs> His eyes are flame. Gordon Ramsay's cooking, motherfucker. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's have it, you slaying. Um, what does he sound like? I have no idea. I, I can, I can, I just can't recreate his voice. No, an angry sort of, chef footballer. He says, he says, incredible. That's it. He sort of, finally, some good fucking food. This is not what he says. This is getting closer and closer. To Alfred from Batman. Master Bruce. <laughs> you mustn't. You mustn't, Master Bruce. Um, I really like the idea of Amnesia, The Dark Descent. But it is... Gordon Ramsay going through increasingly more and more baroque and strange kitchens, fighting off other celebrity chefs. Yes, but in their it, like um, their psychic home, like like like, yeah, like yeah, in yeah. Persona, you know. Yeah, yeah, their their mind space. I think there's something fun there. I think that you've got lots of different weapons that you can have, like no range weapons. No. Um, oh, it's like, from a soda stream, but that doesn't really do very much. Yeah, I think like I think actually no, sorry, you you can carry two things, one in each hand, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got like little pockets for keys and stuff. But you've got you you, you you've got two things. Um, melee combat, uh, you can get a good swing on it. But if one of these motherfuckers touches you, you die. So 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 the trick is like, am I gonna throw my pan, lose my pan, but stun Anthony Warrell Thompson? Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, his dreamscape is a giant Tesco from which you can steal cheese. No, no, Anthony Ward Thompson's dreamscape is just his own face. <laughs> Flat or up? Like, it, it's like, it's, li- like it's lying back. Um, and you're just like oh, adventuring in the crevices around his nose. Oh, that's like, horrible. It's, it's a it's, little doughy underfoot. His big red And he moustache. does that laugh and the world shakes anew. Oh my days, that's brilliant. Ainsley Harriet, I'm imagining a massive summer barbecue garden, but um, there is there is a blood red sun, and the ground is burning. Yes, it is just a flame with oils. <laughs> Nig- N- Nigel Slater's really nice, actually. Yeah, N- N- Nigel Slater's is just outside Nightbridge. Yeah, it's um, it's actually it's actually very well appointed, and he has some pears ripening on a plate in the kitchen. Mm. Fans also writes in, "Ready, steady, cook this beholder." <laughs> That is going to be a challenge. I think I imagine that you very there. much have to cook a beholder from cold, not from frozen. No, no, no. But I mean, like, you don't just dunk it in boiling water to boil it. Like, it's it's a frog situation here. Oh, I see. Like, right? Yeah, gotta, like like, like a like a lobster. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. Okay. Uh, like, let's, so like, so like, you have to grab it with tongs and then dunk it in a massive fucking pot of water. Yes. Okay. I think you probably. I'd probably butcher it in some way. No, absolutely not. It is powerfully yeah. magic. Oh, that's that's very that's very true. I suppose yes. It's got um, more lasers than you, certainly. Yeah, it has. Um, well, at most I could have two, if I found two lasers. Yes, whereas it comes so, with like what yeah. eight? Yeah, it's got eight eye beams. Yeah, and plus plus and plus plus an eye that shuts down its own superpowers. Does it do that? One has to assume. That whenever it opens its 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 middle at anti magic eye, it tumbles from the ground and rolls along like a big sticky katamari. But no, I imagine it's not ow, like ow, a, ow, 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 ow. I imagine it's not even like a sticky katamari. Like it's there's no bone structure in there, right? That's, uh, it's got to be like an it's, octopus. It's got it's got a skull. It's got a skull. It's got teeth. Fucking, like an eye socket. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got skulls. It's had beaks. Yeah, it, I, I, I've I've seen. I've seen canonical drawings of Beholder Skull. Well, what's it doing with this? That doesn't make any sense to me. I know. That's, I mean, that's a lot of extra it's, weight. It's not riddled with sense to start with. No, that's fair. Not like the Grell. Noble biological marvel that is the Grell. Brain the size of a coffee table. Beak the size of a coffee machine. Of half a coffee table. A beak the size of half a coffee table. It floats and has paralysing tentacles. Yep. Why not? Why not, huh? Sure. Fucking hell, Gary. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck it! Your your psychosexual fantasies are destroying us all. <laughs> you what are wanted if, for crimes against thought. What if a bear and an owl did a kiss on each other? Gary, get out! <laughs> Their main modus operandi was to steal arms. 
What if a woman was perfectly cubular and had no features? Please don't do that voice again, Grant. I, lo- I love, I love um, the sexy Gary Gygax. I mean, it's, really, it's, it's like alarmingly real. It's like he's here in the right. So, so sorry, I, I want to say I actually just blacked out for a while. I was just, I just, it was like automatic writing. I let taken by as, the spirit. As the foremost RPG designer in the world today, occasionally he'll possess me. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, he will, he will, he will fill me with his mighty nope. energy. Okay, okay, is that is, is that is that an official? Please don't do that. Or is that's that an official? Please, don't, please do don't, do don't do that. I don't like the right. You are boss. One. I'll retire it. I'll <laughs> I'll keep that for my, I'll keep that for myself. He's so um, awful. I'm really into Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, but literally, what else have you got? So, actually, I want to keep it on that that kind of slot in television, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, from a suggestion from Lorenzo and the Llamas, which is all-inclusive survival, a game where you play Bear Grylls doing his ultimate survivor thing, except he's in a five-star hotel, but is still only allowed to eat bees and drink his own piss. What are the what are the limits on this? So like so like is someone watching? And if you like catch some ham from the continental uh, continental buffet, like he'll he'll get disqualified. Yeah, they'll they'll hold his head underwater. What about what about in, like, the, the sandals pool? Is the bins okay? Oh, he can root around bins. That's fine, but he does have to tango with security. Right. Okay. So so we, we're 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 assuming the security. So it's more like Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls wants a holiday for free. Essentially, Bear Grylls has broken into a Dubai hotel. Can he can he live there for a month without being discovered? Bear Grylls has snuck in to a Cancun sandals using an out of date service uniform. Yep. Uh, you got to try and you know you got to try and spend some time at the pool and actually get something out of it. But you've also got to get you know maybe if you combined all four of those half finished pints, you'd get a full drink out of it. Bear Grylls is on an 18 to 30 holiday in Mallorca and is looking for love. However, he has no money. And he's 42. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely over 30. He's, I don't know how old he is, but he's definitely not 30. Like, I'm, I'm, trying, to th- I'm trying to think what would be more fun. You have, the, you have like quite a high-end exclusive experience, which he's not allowed to interact with, mm-hmm. aside from like scrubbing through the bins, uh, like finding some way to get chlorine out of pool water. Or... Do we have it as an 18 to 30 holiday where it's kind of grim and mucky and there's a lot of like, it feels like a, like there's, there's like a community centre vibe and everyone's given alcoholic like orange juice to drink. To start the day. Yeah, to start the day. So like everyone's kind of in a fuck. I, I think there's, I think there's something nice about that because you can, you can also have those moments where like he shawns of the dead his way through, like he covers himself in oh, blood. that's nice. Yeah. And pretends to be a zombie. In this case, like he puts on a, a polo shirt and some two small shorts, um, and calls someone a slag. <laughs> You've been watching Love Island again. I, I haven't. I, I I wish there was a source of such inane television I could easily watch, but I, alas, no. Unfortunately, Love Island comes on telly, which you don't have. I don't have the telly. I have I have all the internet tellies. I'm pretty sure you could get it somewhere. Probably. I don't know what it's. I don't know what it's about. I, I don't know what it's for. Having, I think it's well, it's for it's gossip, you know. Right. It all makes sense. Like it's it's like it's like when when one of our friends like breaks up, we're like, oh oh wow, that's that's crazy. Oh, what horrible thing to happen? Or like, oh oh yeah, she's better off without it, and that sort of thing. It's like that, but you have no real emotional connection to the people. Oh, that sounds great, actually. Yeah, it's all right, you know. Yeah. Uh, and from what I can tell, they're all a bit awful. Oh, that's even better. Mm. Mm. I like it if they're I like it when they're reprehensible and know they're being filmed. Yes. Because like, you've got to yes. be a certain kind of asshole to still be an asshole while on camera. To be that sure about it. Because mm. I, I, I often, like, I'll second guess myself when no one's around, let alone when the full viewership of ITV is watching. Exactly. That's like um, 90 people now. So, so Bear Grylls. No, it's, it's, it's up to 150. So Bear uh, Grylls. Mm-hmm. Doused in piss. Obviously. Sneaking through, uh, like, uh, Getting past security guards themselves high. Yes. In I'm I I don't like to throw around the world the word dystopia, but I think there's something here. There's definitely something about Ibiza that has always felt like a dystopia to me. There's a sort of sticky loud dystopia, like Ibiza, Tenerife, mm. all of these all of these Mallorca. holiday destinations. Mm. I would I just I don't ever want to go there. They sound the worst. Yes. Well, I, I won't. I won't force you. Thank you. 
But is this our game, do you think? I don't think it is. Will writes in, Ladder Squad. Ladder Squad. Yeah, you upgrade your different... Like, it's a, it's a, it's a, a team-based RPG, like XCOM. It's a computer game. And you'd, uh, you'd upgrade the ladders you had. To longer or wider? Yeah. Faster. Cooler. Ooh. Louder. Slipperier? Sorry? Slipperier. Yeah. More slipperier. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's, that helps you get down them faster, yeah. Mm. Greased. You could, put, you could put, like, hooks on them. You could have a gun on there. That's good. Maybe you have a dog with a ladder. Silence ladder so it doesn't bang when you put it against a window. Yeah, well, I, well so I, that's, that's, that's a common misconception. Actually, it just disguises the sound of it banging, so it sounds like a hand clap. Oh, okay. It sounds like a firearm going off, not a ladder. <laughs> it's, it sounds like a man going, Ugh. <laughs> What? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just want to say ladder squad. It's a good give name. Me, give, me, give me one more. Give me one more. Um, uh, otherwise, I'm definitely going to pitch Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Res.var equals dogs from fans. Help, I lied on my CV, and now I'm a hacker for a Shadowrun team. I should note, this is from the Discord, and the Discord had quite a long run changing the name Reservoir Dogs, or reimagining what the game Reservoir Dogs could be about. And honestly, this was my favourite. I don't understand coding. No. But this, this title is laid out like it was coding, and believable enough that I fell for it. Yeah. Um, but I... Crucially, I, I adore the idea of accidentally becoming the hacker for a Shadowrun team. Mm, the most complex job. The most complex job, the most vital at the end of the day. Like, you, you can't open doors without this person. <laughs> I mean, we can't even get the bus, you know? It's, it's impossible. And you, you, you type with one finger on each hand, you know? You, you, you hunt and pick. S H A D O O. Oh no! Oh no, it's all gone. Oh. S H. Yeah, so you're Does that guy. Does anyone know where the forward slash is? <laughs> I need a forward slash for this one. Hang on. Hang on I wanted to say pounds, but it just keeps on coming up as three. Hello, Jeremy. Yes, it's your mother. Yes, I'm trying to hack into the SenseNet mainframe. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know you told me not to call you at work, but I, it, it's stuck on Facebook and I can't get it off. Oh, and tab. Oh, no, that did work. Thank you so much. That's great. Okay. How How is SenseNet today, mother, you being the CEO and all? <laughs> I love the idea of the GM. Like, you don't tell the other players. You, like this is a normal game of Shadowrun, mm-hmm. except rather than using the hacking rules, which are arcane at the best of times, you and the GM have a secret agreement where what what you try and do is rationalise the events that the GM describes and say you did it, <laughs> or say that an enemy hacker did it. Like 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 an electronic door opens and you immediately like grab your PDA and just thumb open a program and then ostentatiously close it and put your PDA away. Every time a door opens, you push the button on your on your on your PDA, which says "door opened." <laughs> yes, you've just got a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and like you have a backpack with a keyboard strapped to it. Uh huh. No but screen. But you've never taken the keyboard off. <laughs> I I really like the idea that you plug the keyboard into things and, and type type like. Yeah, like, but like, like you're trying to plug it into an audio style. jack and you have no idea. <laughs> I don't know, mate. It's next level hacking technology. Fuck. <laughs> and, like, and like every time someone finds out, you have to kill them and replace them on the team. <laughs> I love I love any a film, game, anything like that where you can't do the thing you're expressly supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Because incompetence is funny. Yes. Failure isn't. Incompetence is. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it can be funny if it's set up right, but incompetence sure. is brilliant. Yeah. Incompetence is just an easy win. 98% like, of the time, like, it's going to hit funny. Especially if you're hiding that incompetence from someone else and making it work. Like The competence you have is hiding your own foolishness. Yeah, well, I mean, they made That's an charming. entire role-playing game about that. They called it Magic the Awakening. Did they? Yeah, you got to hide all your magic and coincidence. And oh, right, yes, stuff. of course. What? But that works two ways. 
I'd like to point out. Like, oh, did that tummy go out? Yeah, it was magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, was that door unlocked? Uh, no, but I did it. Exactly. That's that's what Mage is about, truly. That's 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 another really charming game where it's just, it's just Mage the Ascension, but you all play like David Blaine or Chris Angel style street magicians who are just mm. trying to convince everyone that it's real wizardry. Yeah, and it's absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I really, I think we could call it trying to shadow run before you can shadow walk. <laughs> the shadow hustle. I think there's something tremendously fun about that as a as, as a shadow run hack that I want to write. I think Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, but literally, is fun, but it's just amnesia. Yes. And also, it's it's taking a lot from that game where the translucent Nigella Lawson homunculus hunted you through the mm-hmm. streets of London. That's fair. It's pretty close to that one. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't want to. I don't want to have. So on one hand, I do want to see Gordon Ramsay get like killed. Yeah. Um, like, sorry, a, a visual, like a CGI Gordon Ramsay in a manhunt sort of way, like hunted down and killed by Anthony War- by an, an Anthony World Thompson homunculus with a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Cool, fine, whatever. Uh, or like, or like, Ainsley Harriet drops from a tree and like, and like hits him with a barbecue, that sort of thing. Fine, don't like the guy. Seems like a dick. However, I don't want to play as him and, ha- and, and have, have his his series of awful barks. Oh, all the time. You know. That yeah, that would be that. I mean, it'd be great. the candle that one, isn't it? It'd be great to get Gordo on on the game. Big Gordo, but, big Gordo. Uh, but I feel that actually, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want him to be the hero. Of a no, thing. that's entirely fair. Whereas um, you, the idiot Shadowrun player, you an elf. <laughs> like, but I, but even then, like you can you can still take abilities. Like you can take your mum is the. CEO of one of the major corps, so you just know the passwords, and like, and you can. You don't have to You just literally just know the password. This sorry, this this actually takes us in, into into yet another level of this because one of the other things in Shadowrun you can do is be a wizard. Mm-hmm. So trying to pass off magical effects as coincidental. So you can you can combine all of them together. You are you, you, your name is Dirk. Okay. You know you're just a dude. Hmm. And somehow, like you, you were supposed to go through uh, the, the 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 door marked two that takes you through to the auditions for the cat food commercials. Yeah, and you walk through door three. You weren't really paying attention. You were looking at your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you are a hacker on the greatest shadow running team there has ever been. <laughs> um, if they find out, they will kill you. Yes. And also, this is going so well that you're getting unbelievably rich. Now you happen to be a wizard. <laughs> these guys don't know you're. These guys think you're a brilliant hacker. So yep. what you'll have to do is say cast a fireball, and then push the button on your phone, which says gas mains overloaded. <laughs> or you press, or as you're walking in, you press <laughs> self destruct in ten, nine, eight, and then when a countdown, you go fireball. <laughs> You cast you cast an invisibility spell on them and then push it and it's like security cameras disabled. You you, you disabled the, the security. Yeah, yeah, mate, you'd be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Just get in and out in uh, in twelve rounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they do this. They watch back the security cameras later. Like we didn't see anybody on there. Yeah, but did you not see the money dancing across the room from the safe? <laughs> That's not invisible, is it, Clive? Clive is, of course, your friend from school. Who got, you bribed? Who, who got the highest security job in town when he, too, was going for a <laughs> cat food, food commercial. commercial and went through door four. <sighs> oh, there we go. Yes, it's... It's, um, it's Reservoir it's Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Um, or maybe we need to call it something else. I like Reservoir. Res.var. I think it's confusing. Uh, what would you call it, then? I think I think res.var equals dog semicolon forward slash forward slash is genuinely a good name. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah, okay. Reservoir dogs it is. But unfortunately, you see, at this point, it has no bearing to reservoir dogs or reservoir dogs. No, that's true. Which is which is the tricky thing, I think. Um, so I think maybe... Um, you got anything? Nope. Reservoir dogs it is. Reservoir dogs it is. <laughs> Lots of love. Thank you for listening. To Hearty Dice Friends, we uh, we we have designed an excellent game this week where you are lying. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you like the idea of lying, 
uh, why not come along and give us some money? That wasn't a very good segue. <laughs> but you can go to Are you Patreon. a liar? Pass us your cash. Just tell us. We'll believe you. If you've enjoyed this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash heart nice friends. Give us some cash. Listen to some secret episodes. Um, some episodes that were too hot for TV. Well, one episode. Episode 69 was too hot for TV. It was. So we had to, we had to release it behind a... You have, you have to pay for it, basically. Push to see, a big old paywall. To see, how, yeah, fuck you see how sexy we are. Um, you should do another one us. at some point. I really liked giving sex advice. It was weirdly fun. It was fun. I think I, we like, were terribly good at it. I think we're... Like, much like sex... I believe I'm brilliant at it and refuse to brook any inf- any evidence to the contrary. Oh, God, yes. One, one, one can't listen to commentary. No, 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 no. Uh, I think we're in the wrong game, mate. We need to get on Sex Advice Podcast. We do. That's what we need. Do like, we know anybody like... one of those? No, we'll just do our own. Oh, okay. We'll do our own. Because, like, like, I think more people have sex than do role-playing games. On average. Yeah, I would argue I would argue those, those Venn diagrams Mutually barely exclusive, touch. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we love you a great deal. I'm sorry about that. That was that was a horrible, reprehensible joke to put in. Lots of people have role playing games and sex. I I have definitely had sex at least once. Chris, yeah, for at least once, yeah. Yeah, it was great the whole time you were there. <laughs> Don't wait. What? No, you were there for that. Bye. Bye.